Hey guys, welcome to Monday Show. Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. Eddie, what's the drama in your kids' flag football league? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Because so, they've been playing flag football for how long? Uh, this is their fourth game. And four weeks. First season ever? First season ever. Okay. And so the team's 0-4. They're not very good. Uh, actually, they stink. They're, uh, the other teams just run over them every game. And I don't know, dude. You're talking a team of first and second graders, right? So there's emails flying from parents to the coaches saying, guys, this is not good. Our team is losing. Maybe some of the other dads that know more about football need to step in. I mean, who are the coaches? Just volunteer dads. That's it. And they have to take all this from other parents? Yes. So then I'm kind of in the middle like, sure, I don't like losing. But at the same time, you're talking about two dads that are volunteering their time. uh, And you're telling them, like, you need to coach better? Like, I don't know. I'm kind of in between. So I wanted to bring it to you and be like, well, is it that important to win? I know Lunchbox is really big on like, ah, you got to win. It doesn't matter how old you are, but they're really bad. So I'm thinking like, do we care if they win or are they just having fun because they're first and second graders? Where do you stand on this? I think it depends on if the players are any good or not. If you have good athletic players and you're still losing, probably you could pull someone else in to help a little bit. But if it's all new kids, it is. I don't care. <laughs> if you get Mike Ditka. <laughs> Ditka. They're not going to win. That's what I'm saying. Because I assume it's a lot of kids like your kids, first-time players. Yes, it's their first time. They're really just learning the game. Yeah, I don't think that you insult, first of all, the parents that have already volunteered. Like, they're here volunteering their time, and they have to be harassed going, we need better. And that's what the coaches are saying. And it's well, like, well, they pay for better. Yeah, the coach is like, okay, look, we're volunteering our time. If you want us to get better, then maybe you guys practice at home. Uh, True, get great point. Get better, or some of the dads chip in, and let's all start coaching. You get a bunch of coaches, you're not going to have any coaches. Yeah, it's I just going to be kids going absolutely bonkers, especially at that age. I agree. My recommendation would be, just chill from your side of it. Just chill. Oh, you don't want me to come in and be like, let me coach this team. I'll oh take my over. God. I don't think you should coach. Okay. I don't think you should <laughs> encourage them to want to take over. I would even be on the voice of, hey, let's let these these dads do what they volunteer to do. Yeah. And why don't we all work with our kids privately a little more, get them a little better. And then if we still feel there's a problem later, if our kids are good, then we can address it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's go over and. Open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. She says, morning studio. My name is Mandy. The other day, my cousin set me up with the interior designer she hired to decorate her house. I honestly didn't know that many men would be in that field. Apparently, there are. We went out, had a nice time, and normally I'd look forward to going out with him again. He was just a little too pretty for me. Now, I'm 38 years old. I've never been married, so maybe I'm being a little too picky, as my cousin would say. But am I the only woman who feels like she needs a guy to get a little dirt under his fingernails at the end of the day? Then again, if I play my cards right, I could get my entire house decorated impeccably. Mm-hmm. Anyone ever had a guy whose job was a little too female? Signed, Mandy. First of all, I don't have dirt under my fingernails. You don't? Never. And if Caitlin felt like this, I would just be up S Creek without a paddle. <laughs> and I'm not. I would say... Th- and I'm going to say this from personal experience. You've got to break your old mental habits if you want something different to happen in your life. If you're 38 years old and you've never been married and you've wanted to be married, 
and you're like, I can't figure it out. Well, the first step to figuring it out is to realize you can't keep doing the same things and expect different results. And if you've been judging people based on things like their job, they have something you disagree with that makes sense. But maybe it's time to jump out of your little tiny comfort bubble because your comfort bubble is not working for you right now. So you just got to get over it. Now, you may find something about him later that you don't like, but you can't hold his job against him. The number one thing is to find somebody with a passion for what they do, regardless of whatever it is. If he has a passion for being an interior designer, that's fantastic. Think about what he could do at your house. Think about what he could do for your friends. Think about the money he could make. Think about the availability he could have for the kids because he gets to dictate his own schedule. Like, there are so many pros with a job like that that I would think the fact that he's not out with a shovel should not make you want to keep from dating him. My thoughts. Amy? I think it sounds amazing. You need to go out with him. Don't even worry about it at all. I have a friend that kind of a similar situation. If she's going out with a new guy and he doesn't show up and have a pickup truck and a beard and like a like a work in a like an on a ranch or a farm she's turned off by it and and i'm like <laughs> you're not going to you're there's so many awesome guys out there and i feel like you limit your circle of who you're going to come in contact with simply because of a truck because it's not manly enough for you so i i feel like that's the same it's stuff we've just have in our heads from who knows what growing up and you need to let it go and then yes think about the amazing house that you're going to have as long as you like his taste and there's something to say for someone who will hang out for exactly the right person right i did yeah however you just can't complain about you not finding the right person if you've decided i'm going to hang out forever until i find the exact right person for me that does exactly what i need them to do so you can't be like oh i can't find anybody but you're letting great guys pass by, or at least a, a shot at a great guy. Mm-hmm. Eddie? I mean, I am going to go the opposite. I believe that if you're not happy with what you're getting at the beginning, like she already has a, a problem with whatever this person is, that now in the, when they get married, if she settles for him, she's going to be like, they have little problems here and there. It's because I knew it. I knew it. I didn't like him in the beginning because he's too whatever. He's too this. He's too that. So if the, there's already question before anything else. I think it could lead into bigger problems later. Lunchbox. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. You. Look, this is why women are crazy. They complain about not being able to find good dudes, and this seems like a good dude, and just because he doesn't have dirt under his fingernails, she's going to cast him aside. That's why you're lonely at 32 years old. 38. 30, oh, 38, even worse. You oh. better, hey, girl, you're <laughs> running out of time. You better nice get direction. someone. All right, our advice to you as a group collectively, three to three versus one is... Get over it. At least give him a shot. If you find something else, but he may be the guy. Don't judge him. Who knows? He may be such a uh, good interior designer because he had built decks for a long time and he figured out. You just don't know oh, people's oh. stories until you learn their stories. I think we're going to end it there. Yeah. Get over yourself. That's what we're going to end it with. <laughs> we got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. <laughs> On the Bobby Bones Show now. Nico Moon. Nico brought me a uh, Bobby water from Sonic. 
Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> you knew what to get. Yeah. So how'd you know exactly what to get? Someone give you all the de- all the ingredients? So Cappy, my manager, told yeah. me that that uh, you and your girl got your own drink. It, it's Sonic. Well, we made it ourselves. It's yeah, not like yeah, a bootleg not, drink. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not on the menu. Yeah, Sonic wants nothing to do with it yet. <laughs> but yeah, he brought it. It's uh, water with extra ice, nerds, fruit in it. So I told him, that's, that's super nice. You thought about me. So I'll tell you what. why I wanted you to come on the show today was I was in Virginia on a corn farm, and I'm in the combine, and we're driving, and we're cutting the corn down. I'm learning how the whole process works. And there's a big radio on the combine, and the farmer who I'm with, uh, who owns the combines, he's like, hey, what do you, what do you want to listen to? And I was like, well, what, whatever you have up here. He had you know, the radio stations. He had satellite. He had streaming. And I said, what do you like? And he started listing some songs he liked. And he said, you know what song I really like? And he had listed all kinds of for- the formats of all kinds of songs. He's like, I like you know, Biggie. I like some of the, the Delta Blues. He goes, you know what song I like, though? I like that song, Good Time, by Nico Moon. <laughs> and I was like, really? He goes, yeah, that's my jam right now. And I was like, man, that's awesome. So yeah, that's a, awesome. a corn farmer randomly brought you up as we're inside a combine, <laughs> and he loves that song, Good Time. So I'm so glad you're here. Would you play a verse and chorus of Good Time for our listeners here? Yeah, of Nico course. has his guitar here with us. We just trying to catch a good time. Even if it takes all night, pass that bottle around the campfire, sipping apple pie moonshine. Yeah, we picking on them guitars just right. Everybody singing Dixie Land Delight, like a bobber on a wet line. We just trying to catch a good time. Get this, yeah, that's awesome, man. You sound so good. How long ago did you write this song? Man, this song, every uh, path of a song is kind of like takes a different little turn. This one was a really long time coming. It's probably about a three year in the making song. Is that right? I started it about three years ago when my buddies Mark Trussell and Jordan Minton here in town. And then two years later, I decided I wanted to kind of make that step from being a songwriter producer into being an artist. And I remembered that song we wrote a couple years back and I showed it to uh, my wife, who's my co-writer on all my stuff. And we write everything together. And I was like, this song was so cool. And I feel like it's such like my vibe and my little heart, like what I like to say with my country music. But uh, if we could like make a couple tweaks, then it would just be perfect for me. And so we made the tweaks and uh, recorded it. So yeah, it was like four four years in the making. That's crazy. Sometimes it's like four hours, and sometimes it's four years. Nico's also written. Before we hear about your story, real quick, you wrote um, "Keep Me in Mind" with Zach Brown. Yeah. Keep me in mind. Yeah. He has four down the road number ones with Zach Brown. Keep which jam? This song's a jam. You have "Homegrown" 2015. Homegrown. You have a uh, one with, that you and Zach wrote called "Beautiful Drug" 2015. Drug. Can't get and "Loving You Easy." Here you go. You That's awesome, man. Thank you. You must be rolling in it over here. <laughs> <laughs> Dang! Come on now. I have a, I have a lot of fun helping other artists kind of like fully realize themselves. Songwriting is is just such a integral part of what I love to do with music. It was the first thing I started doing, and yeah, like when I write when I write for somebody, it's almost like I. I try to pretend like I'm them. So, like, when I write with Zach, like, I'll put on my little imaginary beanie and my imaginary <laughs> leather vest and my imaginary five kids, and and then I'll be like, all right, what's important to me now, you know? 
but like it's fun now like because now actor. I'm just like doing a, my uh, thing and yeah, like a method actor, method songwriter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But now I'm doing my thing and I'm not putting on anything imaginary. I'm just kind of being myself. You have parents that were are, are still songwriters. Are they songwriters. Yeah, they're both songwriters. And you wanted to do that. And you see the struggle of it, and you still were like, "This is what I want to do." Yeah, they did it for fun. And some of my first memories are like crawling in the living room as a baby and watching them sitting Indian style in the living room, like writing songs together. So I was literally born into it and they really raised me with this deep deep appreciation for songwriting and the craft of making music and my dad's a gigantic john prine fan did so, he work with john prine for a bit no your, no. Dad, your dad didn't work with him at all he's a drummer he's a musician and uh played with a lot of people but he never played with john just a big fan of john and so if that was probably the first song i ever heard it was probably a john prine song are you you're one of the guys too that i look at and i'm so jealous of because you are an athlete as well yeah, dang them. All right, yeah, you, you've gone deep. And so you had you had a <laughs> an athletic scholarship at Sanford University. Is that true? Yeah, I got a full ride for uh, what? A uh, track. Are you kidding me? You guys drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. That are so good at everything. You hear writing songs. You got you live the. You look like an indie, you know, indie country guy. You got your tattoos. You live the lifestyle for sure. And then you're like, yeah, I was a division, division track star. I could have got it for. I'm like, what did you do bad? You're a good looking guy. You got it all, man. Oh, that. Is, that is well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I flunked out of college on my full ride because I had a .2 GPA <laughs> because I never went to class because I was too busy being in my room learning how to play songs. And, yeah, like that's when the passion to really want to be an artist hit me was my freshman year of college. And I just didn't want to go to class. and So there, Bobby, you you have that on him. You went to class every day. I did every day, <laughs> dang it. Uh, and you're the big star, and I'm not, so what does that tell you? Uh, you made your Opry debut on October 10th, um, and that has to. I know what it's like to hop in that circle for the first time. Was it nuts to you? Like It, oh. was, it was the most amazing, epic experience I've had uh, in my career so far. I mean, every country artist who's ever meant something to me, who's ever influenced me, stood on that piece of wood. And I told I told everybody when uh when when I walked in, I was like, you know, it's crazy because it's just a piece of wood. Like there's nothing special about the wood itself. But at the same time it's the most special spot in country music because of everyone who stood here. Um how'd you feel about your performance? I feel good about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm t- I was nervous. I was sweating up a storm. But, you know, of course, I'm probably my biggest critic. And, like, you know, there's definitely a couple moments where I'm like, I could have done that better, you know. But it, uh, in general, I'm happy with myself. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. So there's this guy in Phoenix. His name is Damian Page. And back in 1997, he had a friend that needed a kidney. So Damian stepped up as a match and donated to him. Well, now here we are 23 years later, and Damian found himself in the exact same position, now needing a kidney from somebody else. And somebody stepped in, gave him their kidney, and he's fully recovering. But a cool part of this story, too, is that I guess when he went in for it and realized he needed the transplant, they said, you got to you gotta lose a little weight. So he put in the hard work, lost 100 pounds, and then wow. got the transplant. Wow, so many elements to the story. First of all, he gave yeah. somebody a kidney. Years ago, yes. 1997, gave somebody a kidney. That's crazy. Shout out to you. Needed one. Somebody gave him a kidney, and then he lost 100 pounds too. Wow, that's a great story. That is what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. 
So you're giving your kid nighttime candies? Mm, yeah. Are you ready for your nighttime candy? That's how you talk to him? What on earth? <laughs> like a creepy person next door. No, I try to like in my gentle voice. It's time for nighttime candy. It's a gu- uh, melatonin gummies. Oh my gosh. And he doesn't them. know that you're knocking them out with gummies? Mm-mm. Amy, they, this is borderline creepy. They, no, they work. No, 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 no. So he needs sleep. Some, you know, if a kid is has stuff going on, the acronym you can use to address the situation is HALT. Are they hungry, <laughs> angry, tired, or, or lonely or tired? This is true. Any of those four things. Very true. So we figured out some stuff maybe with our son is that he's very tired and he's not sleeping. And so his therapist was talking to us about melatonin gummies. And so, I mean, we went to the store immediately, got some, and now... We all take them. They're full of sugar. Don't get me wrong. That's I should, I'm like, okay, they are basically nighttime candy. But they're, and I was doubtful at first. But 30 <laughs> minutes after you give it to him, he's snoring. Do you worry about him I don't, taking them and then getting used to them? And then you got to start doubling up, tripling up? But it's melatonin. I thought that that was safe. Your body produces that anyway. So I have no idea. I have worried about that. It's not like I'm giving him NyQuil every night. Mm. It's over-the-counter Z's. I need to do that halt with me. When I come in and I'm cranky, I'm like, all right, am I hungry? Am I an a-hole? What's his going? Angry. Oh. <laughs> you might I mean, you be might as well just do an that. a-hole <laughs> because of halt. Am I a loser? It could be all of those things. Lonely. I mean, yeah. that is for just adults, too. It is too. for adults, too. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Yeah. Halt. My therapist even says it to me. So it's a check-in. It's a way to evaluate and maybe easily assess why you're behaving the way you are, and then you can take the proper, use the proper tools to fix it. Huh. Okay. Um, right now, I'm not hungry. I'm not angry. Are you I'm lonely? not lonely, but I am a little tired. Okay. So that's why I'm going to make today a nightmare for all of you. You seem fine right Do, now. Are you sure you don't want some candy? some nighttime candy. No, no, not now. <laughs> no, no, I need daytime candy, baby. I don't know. If anybody has any thoughts on that, let me know because I wonder if other parents drug use their it. kids it, no no uh, the bottle <laughs> says nighttime syrup Mon- <laughs> this tastes bitter it burns good night that's your nighttime syrup whiskey <laughs> <laughs> no no i know adults take melatonin but these yeah. this is a bottle made for kids so it says it's for kids and it tastes like it's for kids and i just want to you mom your way Trying. Your mom your doing way. doing my best so these are all disney songs just played on a guitar See if we can name them. I'm going to play two. Write your answer down. Here we go. Number one. I have no idea. Uh, what do you need here? You need the, the movie. The name of the song? Oh, okay. the movie. Cool. Okay. I think I got it. Really? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I'm going to go with Al- oh. Aladdin. What do you have? Frozen? Lunchbox? Cinderella. Eddie? Frozen. What is that song? Do you, you want to build, build a snowman? snowman? Oh, I don't know this song. Did we get it? <laughs> do you want to build a snowman? Nice, Amy. Thanks. Okay. Come on, let's go have you seen play. Frozen Bones? No. Yeah. I thought Let It Go was the only song I've in there. No, there's a lot of them. Oh. All right, next up, number two of five.
That is you got Little this. Mermaid. I danced to that song and Dance yeah. on the Stars. Uh, part of your world, a whole new. It's Little yes, Mermaid. Part of your world. Part of your world. Little Mermaid. Uh, I got What a Wonderful You, Cinderella. <laughs> it's a Little Mermaid. Nice show. Yeah, here we go. If I could leave. Oh. Oh, dude, dude. Yeah. I don't know the name of the song, but I know the movie. What's the name of the movie? All right. This is actually the opening scene in Up. Yeah. Oh. When they're running through the old man and his life and being married and her daughter. Yeah. Amy? Coco. Lunchbox? You guys got it so quick, I put Coco. Eddie? I have Up. You do? Yeah. Dang, good job. Huh. Right, that's the opening scene, right? Yes. All right, name this Disney movie on guitar. Here you go. So. And I have to catch you. I'm down one. I think I know it. I think I got it. Much like you have zero, by the way, in case you're wondering. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait till my kids are old. I'll start dominating this Disney stuff. Ah. Eddie, what do you have? I have Pocahontas. That's what I have. Um, All the colors, colors of the wind. Of the wind. Yeah. yeah. Dang. Can Good job. Amy? Pocahontas. Lunchbox? Moana. <laughs> Excuse me? Moana. I don't think that's a movie. It is. Moana is not a oh, movie. Moana. What, what, how do you pronounce it? Mo- Moana? Uh, I don't know. Moana is what I wrote. Moana. <laughs> right, here we go. Last one. That's it. But I don't know. Bill Collins thinks it. It's Tarzan. Oh. Eddie, do you have Tarzan? Yeah, I have Tarzan. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely have the boat scene in Coco. Nice. Oh, that's a good scene. Eddie, you have nothing? No. Eddie, you win. I couldn't get the frozen one. Yeah. You went five for five. Hey, that's like like Lunchbox said. When you have a bunch of kids, you're good at these games. There he is. Nice job, Eddie. Thank you. There he is. Bobby Bones. Hey, it's Ryan Hurd. Just want to say congratulations to Bobby and Caitlin on getting married. Uh, So excited for you guys. If there's one little piece of advice that I could give to you, it's to soak up every single moment and try to spend as much time at your wedding together, um, just enjoying the moment and enjoying each other, uh, because that is the only time you get to do it. So uh, excited for you guys. Congratulations again. And uh, can't wait to see what the world has in store for you. 
here's Amy's pile of stories. So I got a shout out to this woman being called Supermom because she finished the bar exam while in labor and delivery. She was taking the Illinois state bar exam when she went into labor. Her water broke. She was having contractions, but she wrapped up the first part of her test. Then she went to the hospital and delivered her son. And then after it, she finished it. So it's pretty amazing. And I would think that this is going to help get her some clients when she starts. She could just start her own practice right away and be like, I'm the woman that still takes the bar exam even when I'm in labor. So Chris Stapleton says that an artist cannot call themselves a country outlaw, that it has to be bestowed upon them. Yeah, because outlaw country is kind of a, a... a genre, a self-assigned genre of artists. And yeah. people have called Chris Stapleton out. I was like, hey, I don't think I am. Mm-hmm. Other people have to call me that. Yeah, he said that Marty Stewart told him a real outlaw doesn't need a sign that says he is one. Yeah, I kind of roll my eyes when people say they're either, quote, real country or outlaw country. I'm like, you don't have to say that about yourself. <laughs> we'll take care of that. Yeah, point. yeah, let people say what they think about you. So do you want to know some artists that are currently in the outlaw category? Um... I would say Casey Musgraves, mm-hmm. oddly. Hmm. Yeah, she's on there. Tyler Childers. I put him in there. Hmm, that's about it. What about <laughs> Eric Church? Nah. Sturgill Simpson? Yeah, Sturgill. Yeah. I mean, I'd say Eric's good. Eric's, uh, Eric's mainstream. Is he a mainstream outlaw? Yeah, Eric's weird. Eric's Because <laughs> he's for sure mainstream and chases radio, but does it in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. Wait, give me one more. Brandy Clark. Yeah. Okay. All right. What else you got? Anything else? Uh, I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With producer Eddie. The videos on social media that I love to watch are when cops go into neighborhoods and start playing basketball or football with kids. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Pretty cool. So in Delaware, there was a state trooper that was playing with a playing basketball with a bunch of boys, but there's a nine-year-old kid named Rakir Allen, and he just has a great personality. And every time the cop would make a three-pointer, he would say, that's curry, dude. That's curry. And so the cop said, your, your energy is so great. You have such a positive attitude. He went back, bought him a pair of sneakers, and they were shoes that were designed by Steph Curry. So uh-huh. Here you go. Since you say I'm Curry, here's some shoes that are designed by Steph Curry. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I love those videos, too. They, like, really make me feel good. Do you ever look and see if they take their guns off before they start shooting? (laughs) I don't know. That's a real question. I don't know. Me either. And you don't just want to take your gun off because what if something happens and you need it, but... Is it okay to play basketball with a gun? It's <laughs> a great question, Buzz. I don't know. Next time I watch one of those videos, I'm going to look yeah, for that. Yeah, pinch in and zoom and see if he's wearing a gun. <laughs> all right. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. You know, many guys, as they get older, they, we, we have three guys in here. Eddie's like 50. I'm 40. I'm not 50. <laughs> 41. Lunchbox is about to be 40. Yeah, another year. I'm... Young 39. So guys have to deal with worrying about their testosterone dropping, which is natural with aging. Do you guys worry about that? No, no I don't even know what that means. Yeah, really. I don't I get it. I don't get it because I'm full of testosterone. Oh, oh, oh. And usually the guys that aren't are the ones that do that. Yeah. They like bark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had mine checked because I had a whole bunch of work when I got um, sick with my brain. And I was like in the middle I guess I was normal for my where I am. Okay. So I'm not going to lie and act like I was crushing it like him. But hey, I don't need to act. I know. All right. 
Have you oh. had yours checked? No. I don't even know how you check it. Yeah. Honestly, dude, I, like if I were to lose all my testosterone today, I wouldn't even know what that means. Like, Maybe it's already gone. What, he, what do you mean? It, hey, Go. He wait. He he think all of this is gone. I'm just saying, maybe. I mean, probably. <laughs> Why? Why? Does that mean I can't? It means no, not always, but okay. probably not as much. Like your drive goes down a bit. Oh, then I'm good then. You're okay. <laughs> You're not able to build muscle as fast. I can do that. Are you sure? Yeah, dude. If I do push-ups for a whole, remember when we did that push-up challenge? I felt my muscles growing. That was just two, two, three days, but yeah, I felt them. Well, anyway. If you're interested in keeping your T levels up, here are some things you, you should look at because they affect your testosterone levels. Eating soy products, having kids, too many carbs, lack of sleep, drinking booze, too much exercise. This all messes with your... Yeah. Oh, so we and shouldn't have more kids? And stress. If you have mm. kids, it's not oh, great for it. Kind of in trouble. Okay. What do you think about that? I mean, I get it. It all makes sense. But there's things you can do to... Help it, Eddie. Okay, yeah, you <laughs> give us all the stuff like, to get rid of it. Like, are, you, do, are you super competitive? Are you... I, I, no, but I've never been super competitive. That's yeah. Maybe he's never had it. Maybe I've never had it. <laughs> and he's not very stressed at never, all. Never, Like, dude. even with four kids. Like, not nothing really. ever... It, <sighs> Maybe I just was born without T. Is that what they call it? T? Yeah. Low T? Eddie was, Eddie's low T Eddie. <laughs> oh, man. No T Eddie. Oh, hey, that's not good, <laughs> no man. Tea. No T Eddie. He's got the E, the estrogen. Oh! Right. oh let's go over and do the, the morning corny. Here we go. The morning corny. What do cats eat for breakfast? What do cats eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. That was the morning corny. Lunchbox, you call the fishing guide? Uh, yeah, well, Captain D's is a fish restaurant. It's like a fast food. We know what Captain yeah, D's is. heard of it. Yeah, we've, <laughs> we've seen it. We've been there. We've driven by it a thousand times in our life. Well, and been in there. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay, well, I called a Captain D's acting like I was trying to go on a deep sea fishing tour with Captain D. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie loves the same narrative. I yet. cannot wait to hear this. Okay, here's Lunchbox looking to go to charter a deep sea fishing trip with ca- the captain, Captain D. Captain D. Oh, uh, yeah, how you doing today, man? What's up, man? I'm calling to see uh, Captain D's schedule the next couple weeks because I'm looking to charter a deep sea fishing trip. What? What? I don't understand the question. Like the, the schedule from the week? Yeah. We open from 10.30 to 10.30. Anytime then you can come in. Well, yeah, I just want to make sure. I, I, I don't know how busy Captain D is because, you know, I, I figure he gets a lot of people. You know, he takes charters out. But I want to charter the boat with just me and him and he, him teach me how to fish. Yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, I, I'm looking at this Saturday. You know, what time do we leave all that? What do you mean? What time? You, we, well, we, we open at 10.30. No, no, no. But what time does the boat leave the dock? There is no boat. <laughs> no, I'm trying to go on a deep sea fishing trip. Captain D's, like Captain D, he's this. He has to be the captain of the ship, or he wouldn't name it Captain D's ship, right? Well, it's a restaurant. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate to disappoint. Oh man, I thought Captain D was going to take me on his boat. Nope, we're just a restaurant. The end. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Good News Countdown. Counting down the biggest good news stories across the land. Let's go 
And let's start at number five. Number five. Bill Lambert is 100 years old, and he just broke the record to become the oldest scuba diver in the world. He's 100. Are you kidding me? His family celebrated, describing Bill as an amazing guy. They're going to support him. His goal is to stay in shape so he can break the record again at 101. Think about that, 100 years old. Just doing anything. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Heck, if old Bill's walking down the street to Target, I'm like, that's cool. (laughs) That's number five. Number four. A guy named David Stevens just retired from his job as the CEO of an insurance company. And to help out employees, he's given out close to $13 million in bonuses on his way out. Every full-time employee gets $1,300. And part-timers get about $650. So that's pretty cool, too. Number three. A three-year-old named Wolfie, who's obsessed with garbage trucks, only got to invite two people to his birthday this month, and he chose the two trash collectors who handle his route. Yes. So they went above and beyond for him. They brought four trucks to his house, blared the horns, hung out in the front yard with him, gave him his own uniform. Here's a clip from the news story they did on his birthday party. We took a liking to him, and he took a liking to us. Wolfie's a really great kid. Without hesitation, he said, Drew and DJ. Since you're part of the pack, we got you something. You can play me with my garbage trucks. There you go. Love it. (laughs) Number two. Bentley Boyers is a two-year-old toddler who happened to be born with a cleft lip. In his short life, he's already had two surgeries, including one to fully close the lip. Well, his dad, Brandon, found a special puppy for him who was also born with a cleft lip. So now Bentley and the puppy named Lacey are inseparable. They're best friends, and they do everything together. Number one. And here you go. Here's your big one. A Dairy Queen in South Central Virginia was sharing acts of kindness in the drive-thru. 256 people paid for the meal of the person behind them between 7 a.m. and 2 p.m. last Friday. That's seven hours of cars paying for the order of the person behind them. That's crazy. Here's one of the customers that was in line. Oh, it definitely made my day, and I hope it makes somebody else behind me, that's for sure. That was the Good News Countdown. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Michael Rooker. We were uh, talking about before you came out what we all knew you from, because you've been in so many things. For me, it's The Walking Dead. Merle in The Walking Dead, such an iconic character. Uh, Amy, for you, it's... Oh, for sure, Walking Dead. Yeah. Lunchbox? Days of Thunder. Eddie, you too? Oh, Rowdy Burns, Days of Thunder, man. Hey, who is Days it? of Thunder. There you go. Whenever you're out and about, are you recognized by different types of people because of the different roles that you've had? I, I, I hardly get recognized. What? No, I'm, I'm teasing. They, no, I'm teasing. They, people recognize me a lot uh, from uh, either Guardians of the Galaxy, The Walking Dead is a lot. Uh, I get recognized from Walking Dead a lot. And uh, Days of Thunder still depends on where I'm at for Days of Thunder. I did a bunch of uh, Days of Thunder commercials last year. And so uh, people uh, recognize me from that uh, from NASCAR and uh, David Thunder. You're like the ultimate apocalypse guy. Like, if, if crap's going down, it seems like they need you for their shows or movies. <laughs> so is that a, a role that you early on were like, that's what I'm going to be? Or did you kind of get put there based on your acting skills? I was probably put there based on my own skills. Because if there's, if there's crap going down, you better come to my house. But you better be nice about it. What was your background in acting? I'm sure it wasn't learning how to be a villain in a lot of great, great movies. Like, what was the goal as you were a kid? You know what? I, 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 I wasn't an actor when I was a kid. I, uh, you know, um, I, I didn't get into acting until I was in my mid-20s. 
and I uh, I went to a, a school called the Goodman School of Drama. It was a very uh, well-known, uh, very respected theater school, and I, uh, I got most of my training, all of my training there. From there, I went on to theater. I did theater for about four or five years, and I got into TV and eventually in the film, into the film business more than television. So. Well, in real life, I'd like to have you by my side. You're also a black belt in karate, right? I, I did Aikido and Judo. Mainly, but I I study uh, karate now. I I'm, uh, do a, a a form called kyokushin. It's kind of a, a full on contact, full contact stuff. Um, but not. I, I tell people all, all the time that it's full contact, but it's not full power. You know, if you do full power every time you go train, you you wouldn't be training a lot. You'd be too you'd be too sore to, to do anything anything else. But uh, we have a good time in the dojo still, yeah. You ever have to whoop anybody's butt in real life? I grew up fighting pretty much in my whole neighborhood. So, nice. Uh, I, I tried my best to whip their butt. Sometimes <laughs> I got my butt whipped. <laughs> Michael Rooker, uh, it's really been great talking to you. Such a fan of your work. Uh, I've listened to your show now a couple times in preparation for the for the interview, and I love it. Thank you very much for all the great music. And I'm a big country uh, country music fan, so... Um, I'm I'm down for it. Good to talk to you. Good luck. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. George is a college student in Maryland. He's up late one night playing some video games, maybe NBA 2K with Bobby, and he looks out the window and he's like, man, my neighbor's house is on fire. Then he runs outside and he starts banging on the door and it's a grandma and grandkids that live there. And he runs inside upstairs, grabs the 18-month-old twins and gets granny wow. out all a-okay. Dang, say babies and an old person. Wow. Yeah, and they said it was three to five minutes later and went up fully in flames. What time of day was this? Uh, It was the middle of the night. He was playing video games. Of course. That's why we should play all night long. Exactly. As Lionel Richie said, all night long, play games. (laughs) That's what it's all about right there. That was Tell Me Something Good. On the phone right now is Jessica in Massachusetts. Jessica, welcome to the Bobby Bone Show. Okay, so I ha- I need some advice. My son will be four. His dad is married, moved 1,500 miles away. Haven't heard from him in almost two years. Wow. Should I contact the wife? Oh, man. For what? Just, well, yeah, to let, I mean, my instinct is to say no, first of all. <sighs> I, I think if you were going to contact anyone, it's the dad again. But in your mind, for what? To have that relationship. So my son has a relationship with his father because my father passed away. So I don't have that relationship with my father, but I want him to have his relationship with his father. And he used to call every birthday, every holiday. And now he doesn't contact us. I haven't heard from him in over two, in almost two years. Okay. Well, it's an, it's an interesting question and it's how do you get your son's dad back in his life, even though he's so far away and has kind of disappeared. I would understand reaching out to to his wife once. Now, I'm going to kind of tell you a story about me. You know, I didn't have a dad growing up forever. You know, my, my dad left when I was five or six years old, didn't know him. He peaced out. Sometimes he'd be back around. Once I was about 11 or 12, I decided I never needed to know. I was so angry and resentful. I was, uh, to me, he was a villain um, until I was 30... 
34, 35 years old when I, I sought out to, to go and meet him again. Now, what I learned from that experience with him was he regretted the decision that he made whenever he left, but was so embarrassed about kind of the fallout from it, the negativity that had come from it, that, the, he, that he just didn't want to address it anymore. And I, I un- kind of understood that at least where he was coming from. He was like, I screwed up and I was so embarrassed of it that I just kind of disappeared. And it was easier for me to stay away than it was to come back in. So, you know, I wonder with your son's father moving that far away, I wonder if he is so disappointed in that part of his decision that he's gone, you know what, it's easier for me just to cut this out of my life, which would mean he would need you to at least make an effort to go, hey, we want you. I'm going to tell you one more time. We want you to be a part of this kid's life. And when you first asked, my instinct was to say no. However, I just don't think you can do wrong by encouraging someone to love your kid, especially when that someone is the kid's dad. So my advice to you after telling that story is to reach out to her, reach out to him, give him a good reach out and say, hey, would love for you to be a part of his life just to call him and and make sure they know that you're not angry, that it's only about your son and that's it. And I think that may free him up just a little bit to go, you know, I did mess up. I wish I wouldn't have reacted or, or treated the situation like this. But there is kind of a, a rope to grab onto to still have a relationship. Because I do believe that most folks are still like good good people. And they do want to be parts of their, their children's lives. So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say you reach out to her. You tell her the story. Hey, if you could talk to him, talk some sense to him, we'd love to have him in the life. No anger. And I think you may get a little reaction from that, okay? Okay. That's what I would do. And if if it all fails, who cares? At least you tried and you tried doing something for your kid. It's okay to bomb out and fail if you're trying to do something good for somebody else, especially your own kid. Worst thing that happens is yeah. it doesn't work out. That's the and it's already not working out. So the worst thing that happens is whatever you're doing is just gonna continue to be done. Best thing is your son has his dad in his life in some capacity. Yeah. He also has he so he also but he also has another child in the state that we're in, and he does come and visit his other child every six months. Well, maybe it's has something to do with you and his relationship too. That I don't know. You just need to make it as safe as possible for him to be in his son's life. Okay. I appreciate the call. Good luck with that. I, I'm really rooting for you here. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. All right. See you, Jessica. Bye. 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 Let me put on Eddie in Colorado. Eddie, you're on the Bobby Bone Show. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, man. Yeah, I just wanted to thank you guys for having such an awesome show all the time. Uh, I've been listening to you guys for years since uh, when I, back when I lived in Florida. But uh, I'm here in Colorado now, and I'm a volunteer fire, uh, firefighter out here and stuff. And it just, uh, it's just awesome to be able to listen to you guys' show in the morning. What's that like as a volunteer firefighter? Do you, are you just at home? or work? I, I'm assuming you have a job, like a, a normal day uh, job. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I'm a state certified home inspector, um, and then I also work an overnight shift at a hotel, and I'm a firefighter. So, uh, you know, it's it's hit and miss, you know. But uh, basically, if a page goes out, I go out and call. Uh, we put out a lot of grass fires. You know, uh, we're right off the highway where I'm at, so there's a lot of uh, you know accident calls that we go on and stuff like that. But you have a you have a wife or a girlfriend? Does she worry about you doing this? Um, I got a fiance. Uh, she doesn't worry too much because her father is actually the captain on, her, on our department. So nice. she feels a little bit more safe that I'm there with him and he's there with me. So we got each other's back. Would you ever want to be a full-time firefighter? Uh, yeah, it's, it's something I actually looked into. Um, 
I started doing some EMT training stuff, you know, with you know my CPR certifications and stuff, and AED training and first aid and stuff. So I, I, I wouldn't mind you know, getting into it and possibly doing it full time as a career firefighter. You're a pretty big guy. People say so. I'm 5'8", 180 pounds. I'm not overweight or nothing, but Dang, pretty. Hey, that's pretty good, in good shape. 180 <laughs> pounds. That's more than I weigh. <laughs> hey, listen, yeah. I, I, what you do, I love it, man. You 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 doing something? You're volunteering to to save folks and save land. So I think that's. That's commendable. So we appreciate you listening, and thanks for doing what you do. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. There he is, Eddie in Colorado. All right. Two situations happened yesterday. Amy, you're first. Okay. So I'm at Walgreens checking out, and well, actually, I was walking by, and I saw an employee talking to someone that was like, they were kind of a heated argument, but I didn't know what was happening. By the time I make it over to the cash register, I'm checking out, I start to hear the yelling, it's escalating. The guy is being kicked out of the store for stealing, oh. but he's denying that he stole. But the Walgreens guy is like, no, no, I saw you take this. You put it in your bag and he pulls out what it is, is KY jelly. <laughs> but I mean, the guy was very tough looking and he made a comment that like he has... I don't know, PTSD from being incarcerated, so he doesn't like to be touched like that because the guy was escorting him out and pulling him. And so he's like, don't touch me. Get off me. I've been incarcerated. You can't touch me that way. It triggers stuff. So then I'm thinking, this guy is about to get triggered and go crazy in Walgreens, and this is it for me. He's going to shoot everybody in the store, and we're dead. For some KY jelly. <laughs> Did but you laugh though when it was the KY no, jelly? No, 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 no. I didn't. <laughs> I, that been no, like, <laughs> I had to go back and confirm that that's what it was because um, I saw him? that he was holding it. No, I went and looked. The employee went back to family planning and put it up. So I went and I looked at the box. I was like, interesting. <laughs> you went back to see what it was. Well, at Walgreens, they had the tags so on nosy. the aisle. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Well, because I had to see what he was so desperate to steal. But then it was crazy because he was so adamant that he did not steal it. He said, I can't believe you're kicking me out right now. This is just like cussing this guy out for kicking him out inappropriately, but he didn't have a receipt and the stuff was in his bag and the checkout person was like, he didn't check out. But I thought if I was this Walgreens guy too, I would be scared of making a big fuss over this. And this guy was clearly angry and embarrassed that he might come back and seek revenge in the parking lot later. Like, I was like, just let the guy take the model. And Amy's stuff. like, I'll pay for his KY. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? How did it end? He left, and then he got in a car. He was with somebody, and I saw them drive away. But I was like, oh. they're probably going to come back later, take care of this guy. <laughs> the person in the car is like, did you get it? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get no, it. No, Chris, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was scary. It was scary. I thought for a second that it, something could – you you hear of situations or you see them in – TV shows and movies where things go horribly wrong and you're suddenly you're on the ground with your hand over your head. I was ready to take cover. It was scary. I believe you. Sounds a little dramatic, but I believe you. (laughs) No, I promise. This guy was fierce. Eddie, you had a situation. This is a great transition because that's how I felt when this was happening. (laughs) Guys, I I was on my way to go pick up the boys. And as soon as I leave my neighborhood, I notice a car following me, like right from my neighborhood. Every turn I made, they made. I would speed up, they would speed up. I would slow down, they would slow down. There's a point where there's a lot of traffic. And I was like, all right, let me think. I started looking at my rear view. I'm like, for sure, this guy's guy's following me. 
And so I try to pick a spot where there's a little bit of space between cars, and I go right through them. Like, there's no way he can get them. There's so much traffic. Guys, he got through them, and he sped up, and he was on me again in less than a minute. And I'm so like, what did you do after all this? Okay, I'm talking about 15 minutes of him following me. It takes me about 20 minutes to go pick up the What did he look kids. like, by the way? Uh, he was a big guy. Did he have KY jelly in his hand? Possibly. <laughs> big guy. Neck tattoo? Bald yeah. in a big truck. Okay. Bald. Amy, Amy, was that him? Oh, no. He was bald, neck tattoo, but I don't know about I didn't he see was, a neck tattoo. Friend so. had a car. So I'm thinking, like, this is it. Like, I'm like Amy. Like, I got all these scenarios in my head. He's following me. He's going to trap me, and he's going to kill me. And so I had to make that decision. I'm going to call the cops and tell them I'm being followed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Big sissy Eddie. I mean, I had to. Why are you guys laughing? I had to. The guy was tracking him for Thank you. really being followed, Thank though. you. Probably I, not. I was, guys. And, I, and I'm like, in the worst case scenario, I'm going to pick up my kids. He's going to know where my kids are. Maybe he does something to everyone at the school. So what do you call, 911? I had to call 911. Wow. That's a commitment. Not even 311? No. No, because this is an emergency. There's someone following me. So it could be dangerous. 911 emergency. What's your emergency? <laughs> I'm laughing at you. Hey, uh. I, I, real quick, I don't know how to report this, but I'm just telling you right now, I'm being followed. And they're okay, please describe the vehicle. And I describe the vehicle. And as soon as I start describing the vehicle, the guy passes me. And I'm like, this is it. He's going to start looking at me and like telling me, like, pull over. He's eating chips, drinking a Coke, and he makes a right. And he just turns. And I go, uh, uh, actually, ma'am, um, let's just scratch that. <laughs> He's no longer following me. You are such an idiot, dude. You are such an idiot, sissy dude. I felt stupid. It's now time for Riddle Me This, where I ask the adults in the room kid riddles. And we'll see how you do. Amy, Lunchbox, Eddie, we'll go around. If you miss it, you're out, okay? Amy, you're up first. From the end of the riddle reading, you have 15 seconds. What is used by others frequently but belongs to you? What is used by others frequently but belongs to you? Timing starts now. I, I feel like this came to me too quickly that it might be wrong, but is it my name? It is your name, correct. Okay. Yeah. Nice work. Let's go over to Lunchbox. Thank you. Yep. I fly all day long, but I don't go anywhere. What am I? I fly all day long, but I don't go anywhere. What am I? Timer starts now. You fly all day long. The only thing that I can think of is time flies. So I'm going to say time. You don't go anywhere. The answer is a flag. Oh, oh gosh. gosh. Not all time flies if we're not having fun. Yeah. I thought time too, dude. Eddie. Come on. Defending champion, by the way. Come on. What has words but never speaks? Timer starts now. I mean, I'm going to go generic because I could say like a dictionary that has words, but I'm just going to go with book. The a answer, book has words, but it doesn't speak. The answer is a book. Thank that goodness. is right. Woo! Amy, what fastens two people yet touches only one? What? What fastens two people, like holds them together, but only touches one? Timer starts now. Oh. I don't know if you fasten a seatbelt, you fasten a... What fastens what two fastens people? Two what people, a, yet only touches one. A harness, a... It's got to be totally not even something that really fastens. Answer A time. marriage license. Your answer is time. Go ahead, give me your answer. 
marriage certificate. Oh. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Incorrect. A wedding ring. Wow. Wait, I don't understand. What fastens two people? A wedding ring. It's like the bond. It's not. It's an unseen bond, but the only thing a person touches is one. Oh. Like literally, only touches one person. That's hard, okay, Amy. Sorry. You almost I, got it though. You're on the right track. Sorry, sorry. Eddie, this is for the win. Come on. If you get this, two-time defending champion. That's what I'm talking about. If you miss it, we go to sudden death with yeah. Amy. Yeah. Eddie, come on. Almost everyone needs it, asks for it, and gives it, but all, but almost nobody takes it. What is it? I'll read it one more time. Thank you. Almost everyone needs it, asks for it, and gives it, but almost nobody takes it. What is it? 15 seconds starts now. I got nothing. Asks it, gives it, nobody takes it. Give me air. Air is incorrect. The answer is advice. Got it. Uh, let me put Teresa on in Colorado. Hey, Teresa, how are you this morning? Hi, I'm doing really well. Thank well, you. How are you? We're doing pretty good. We're in the middle of a game called Riddle Me This. Amy and Eddie are down to sudden death. If you pick the right winner, I'm going to give you a prize, okay? So who would you oh, like boy. to win for you in Riddle Me This? Okay. I'm going to go with Amy. Okay. Oh. okay. Both of you guys write your answer down to be the same question. Okay. Here we go. What do people taste twice a day but never eat? What do people taste twice a day but never eat? Riddle me this. 15 seconds starts now. Amy has lifted up for her paper. She has her answer. Eddie is oh, wow. struggling. Are you done? Yeah. Amy. Toothpaste. Eddie? Dang it. Their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> they what? taste their mouth every Twice day. a day? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so dumb. The answer is toothpaste. And there's our winner, Amy. And there's our winner, Teresa. <laughs> Teresa, how do you feel? Oh, man. I feel like I had all my eggs in one basket, and she carried them safely to where they needed to go. Excellent job. <laughs> nice job, Amy. Amy, how do you feel? I feel good. Oh, I feel so good. Uh, uh. Thank you. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. This story comes to us from Hole, Iowa. A 70-year-old man was busted for stealing campaign signs out of people's yards a few months ago. Well, there was a newspaper doing a story on it, and he was like, oh, I can't have that get out there in the public. So he was at the gas station stealing all the newspapers. Oh, nice. So he got busted stealing the newspapers that were covering his story. He's on brand. That's, you got to think about that. He knows who he is. He is that person. That's funny. All right. I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. What are you doing today, Amy? Um, I My husband and I have a parenting call thing, <laughs> a new book that we're reading. I guess we're, we're scheduling meetings with ourselves to go over this parenting book that we're reading. <laughs> what about you? Well, I think I'm finally healthy enough today to exercise for the first time in three weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've just been so sick. Have I been able to shake this cough? I think a little cough, but I think I'm okay. And I had to get someone to come up and like bootleg put together my Peloton treadmill. Oh. They never showed up. They dropped it off broken. Four weeks later, they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll be there. Whatever. They never showed up. So I had to hire someone to come up and I like found it behind him. I hop. <laughs> Under the overpass. Okay, man, you mind coming up and fixing this? They have a toolbox. They did. Okay, good. I go up and it's all duct taped. (laughs) So I'm going to exercise for the first time today. All right, that's what's up. Thank you, guys. 
Follow me on Instagram at Mr. Bobby Bones. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, guys. Bobby Bones. What's up, Bobby and Caitlin? It's Dustin Lynch. Congratulations. I'm so excited for you guys, this new chapter of life um, and the journey you're going to start together. And you've already taken us all on already together. Um, You guys are goals. You're very inspiring to me as a single guy. I look up to both of you. Congratulations. May this day and the future be amazing. See you all soon. Love you. It's the Bobby Bones Show.